All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back in here, it's Hale Varsity Radio, uh, presented by Currency, Connor Clark and Elijah Herbal. As the Blackshirt Hour continues, we welcome Jay Moore to the show. You can find him and follow him on Twitter, at jmore44. And Jay, busy weekend of conference realignment. The weather was nice. Did you get out on the golf course like me and Schmitty on Saturday? We, we went in separate yes. groups, but we both got out there. I think his game was a little bit better than mine. Did you get a chance to get out there? I know you've been uh, you've been dealing with that hip a little bit and trying yeah. to get out with the, uh, with the golf no, course this summer. Um, yeah, I was able to play. We had our like, club championship out at Firethorn. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, even even being a little banged up, I, I, I had to win it last year, so I had to go back and try to defend. So I uh, did not – was not su- successful in defending my title. Uh, so the golf course beat me up pretty bad on Sunday. So, But I did get out and play, and the weather was fantastic. I uh, played with a lot of good dudes. So all in all, it was uh, it was a lot of good times this weekend. Yeah, I had to make sure to get out there, Jay, uh, before the Pinnacle Bank Championship start this week. Schmidt and I will be up there Tuesday through Friday. We'd love to see you up there, Jay. And I tell you what – I was terrible everywhere except from within 50 feet. Within 50 feet, I was fantastic. The chipping, the putting was great. I don't think I hit a good iron shot all day. And really? maybe on the front nine, I had a handful of decent drives on the front nine, and then I just lost it on the back nine mm-hmm. completely. The weather heated up. The humidity got me a little bit. So not perfect for me. But, Jay, let's dive into some football here as we had Matt Rule meet with the media on Saturday as well as Evan Cooper a meeting with the media a little bit earlier today as they had some uh, some good things to say about Isaac Gifford. We'll get to that here in just a second. But uh, let's go back to forward first and start with some of the thoughts we heard from Matt Rule back last hour from his Saturday morning presser. And, Jay, he talked about how excited he was about the youth of the defensive line this year, saying there's some guys that were here in the spring, Prince Will and uh, Cameron Linhart in particular, that he says are ready to play now, and some other guys are going to be ready to go uh, once the season moves along. And, Jay, I want to get your thoughts. It's something we've talked about before, getting young guys ready to go on the defensive line. He says he wants six to seven guys that are going to be ready, and he thinks the young guys are going to play a part. I want to get your reaction uh, to those young guys and and how they're going to have to step up as the season goes on. Yeah, they will. I'm sure some guys will get banged up, you know, mid-game or or miss a game or two. Hopefully not, but if you want to be, you want you want them to be as prepared as possible, in case a Ty Robinson, Elijah Judy, you know, some of those older guys that we're going to rely on to step up and play get banged up, and they need to step in there and go make some plays. But it's it's you saw it. That's kind of the nice thing about getting them in the spring and get them acclimated to the process and to the teaching of Coach Knighton uh, early on. And you saw it during the spring game. Those guys flashed. Those young players. Uh, during the spring game, made some nice plays. So, not surprised to hear that they're that they are slated to contribute this year. And you got to—it's that's uh, those that's one thing you got to have is is you got to develop the youth. You got to make sure they that they're ready to play. Uh, being interested to see, just you know, I know being young, the game moves kind of fast with them, but I know it helps being brought in. You know, they came in during spring ball, so I hope things have slowed down for them. But just how complicated do you want to make things? For these young players, are you are you going to call a certain thing out there for your older guys, or are you going to try to you know when your younger younger guys are out there, you got to keep it simplified for them, or you know you're just going to try to bring them up to speed as quickly as possible? But I, I love to hear that the young guys that they're going to lean on them, have them contribute. But again, they're still young. You know, there's there's they're going to make some mistakes in there, and I and I hope that everyone stays healthy. The the main starters, 
uh, on that three-three-five defense are able to, you know, play, you know, 80 percent of the snaps if, if need be. You know, I know they're gonna get some gotta get some breaks every now and then, but uh, I always like to hear that the young guys are are coming along very very quickly, efficiently, and that's you know, and especially the guys that came in last spring. You, you hope that they are a step ahead heading into fall camp. Jay Moore is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jay, I want to get your thoughts on Jeff Sims this far on the offensive side of the ball. What have you heard from him, and uh, what is your reaction to the bit that we've seen from him thus far, whether that's film or whatnot, uh, throughout this fall camp? Yeah, I think a lot still has remained remains to be seen for him because we know they've impl- they've implemented it and they've reiterated you know how, many, how much they want to run the football. You know, Matt Rule said he loves the the group of running backs he has, and they've you know they said they want to use a fullback. They want to huddle. Uh, you know, they did certain things. They, he loved the way that they did things at Temple when they ran the football. Matt Rule said that. And so that being said, how much is Jeff Sims going to be involved in the QB run game? Because QB QB uh, depth is an issue. It's probably an issue, I think, at every school that you go to, uh, and even in the NFL. You know, you never want to have to rely on your backup if you don't have to. And the reason they're they're backups at uh, at this point as well. So, uh, I know, you know, he was very very efficient at Georgia Tech before they ran him. You've, I've seen plenty of highlights making him if they've thrown some beautiful balls. You know, passes over the middle, touch passes. Uh, he's able to put some zip on it. He's able to use his legs. I can't remember what defensive coordinator I was. I was uh, just reading some stuff about Jeff I, yeah, last year. I can't remember which one it was in the ACC. But he said he's he's really hard to tackle. He's really hard to uh, to take down the pocket. And he's a big he's a big guy, you know. He's all of six four. I, I think Satterfield says he's built like a linebacker now. So with that being said, I imagine he's going to be involved. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be four to eight design QB runs for him, whether that's in a zone read, a QB power, a QB counter look. But I think you're going to have to utilize him. I think anymore in, in today's college football, you got to use a, you if you can utilize the QB run game because now you have to, you know, you need all 11 guys in defense to, to, to matter in the count of how, how the play's broken down. So that, you know, touching base on that again, it's, uh, we had, we, what we saw in the spring game, I think it was very simplified. I don't think they asked too much of him. We saw him make some good throws there. We, you know, and uh, it's all just going to be predicated on, you know, if they're able to run the football, if they're, if they're able to run the football, that means you have good offensive line play. Can they give Jeff Sims some time to, to throw the ball? And then these young receiving crew, this they're a new receiving crew that we have. And then with the with a bunch of the with the three to four good tight ends we have as well, you know, he has a nice little package put together for him. But I, I just don't know. I haven't put I haven't put much stock into what we saw in the spring game. If that's if that's exactly what it's going to look like, August thirty first when we play Minneapolis or Minnesota. Jay Moore is with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, you mentioned some of the young guys. Matt Rule also talked about those guys on Saturday and uh, he said what stands out about them is the speed they bring to the field but what they what they need to get down right now during fall camp is just getting this offense down uh, knowing the playbook and knowing where you have to be at any given time and Jay you're you're a guy who lived with a high level quarterback at Nebraska and Zach Taylor you room together and is it just that for the young guys because we hear so much and we heard that from Jeff Sims at Big Ten Media Days the importance of building chemistry with your wide receivers how did Zach go about doing that and and how does a quarterback build that chemistry with a young wide receiver who is trying to learn the playbook and build chemistry and get himself on the field early all at the same time how, how does a quarterback go about doing that yeah there's multiple ways to go about doing it I think some guys can be more involved in meetings 
with the wide receivers. It's you, If you watch Hard Knocks, you see it all the time. The QBs usually sit with the wide receivers in, in meetings and talking about things and saying, hey, on this route against this coverage, I need you to see this and sit down here, or I need you to break this off and go here because that's what need this. And the wide receiver coaches are obviously getting that across to the player, but sometimes when you're hearing it from the quarterback, that's building that trust and that relationship that you are that you need that's so important from the timing aspect. But then it just comes down to also spending more time on the field. You might go out there, you know, 10 to 15 minutes before the walkthrough or the stretch to walk through some stuff with your wide receivers. You might spend 10 to 15 or 20 minutes after practice throwing some certain routes that maybe you, you struggled with during practice. You know, the, hey, we had this, this seven route against cover four, and I need to do this and not that. Or, hey, this was man, uh, break this off just a little quicker or come back to the ball a little quicker or whatever it is. It's just there's so many different variables. But with young players, I think it's just gaining the trust of what the quarterback really wants because you can talk about it, you can see it, you can break it down all film. But until you can actually do it on the field and then also talk, walk through it, be there with your QB, and then do it against the defense. You know, that's a whole that's that's another aspect to it. But um, I'm sure all those things are being are being done with between Jeff Sims and and Billy Kemp and and Marcus Washington. I know he's banged up, but uh, um, and those other those other young receivers that they that they've uh, that they've had come in and the tight ends. So it's just little things. But again, it's a process, and we're, you know, it's only week two right now of of camp. We still got a couple weeks left to go. So that that relationship still probably being developed and, and trusted as we speak. Jay, on the Big Ten Network fall camp tour, they asked Matt Rule about the importance of, you know, buying into running the ball, using the fullback, kind of that Nebraska football culture that the fans want to see. How important do you think that is for this team to really buy into that? And as for Matt Rule as a new coach to really try and, you know, get into that Nebraska culture football-wise? Yeah, I don't think it's going to take much for the for the guys to buy in from. I think you're kind of bought in already and you better be, you know, this, at this part of the, the process uh, with the new staff and learning everything, you, you better be bought in. Otherwise you might as well go into the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but I, I don't think, I know the fan base, myself included is going to, is going to love to see it. And again, I'm still waiting to see what that's going to look like. What are we going to, are we going to get into a 22 personnel, which means two tight ends, two backs or a 21 personnel with, uh, two backs and one tight end or whatever, you know, is it, is it going to be out of the shotgun? Is it going to be, you know, more of a spread look? We, it could be multiple, right? Uh, and I think they might want it to be multiple uh, as, as the season progresses and goes on. But the, 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 the biggest thing is you have to get that physicality across that you want to run the, run the football to your team, to your offensive line. They got to understand that, Hey, we're running this thing 60, 70% of the time. And you better be working on it, developing it, you know, have that mentality. You can always, you, you say off his line, you know, you, get, you, you, you want that, but you, you, better, you better freaking want it to get that done and, and own that time possession. And you get in the four minute period where you need to get one first down, you win the football game, and you got to be able to run the ball. And you got to be able to run the ball when they know you're going to run the ball. Nebraska has not been able to do that for years. So having that mentality is, you know, it's third and three, man, and we are running it. And you, you know wholeheartedly we're going to pick up this first down and get this game over. We know we're going to pick up this first down and keep this drive going to keep the defense off the field. So 
lot of a uh, lot of di- little different things that go into it, but I, I can't wait to see it because I truly believe they are going to win the football. I, I really do, and you just have to. It's the Big Ten. Uh, you can't throw the ball in November uh, or late October, and you got to own the time of possession because you can just go down, you know, the history of, and that's just the, the the game in general. But that's why Wisconsin has been so good, and and Ohio State. I know they're they're more dynamic, but you still get Michigan in their uprising here in the last couple of years. Their ability to run the ball control the game, utilize multiple looks, have an have a elite offensive line. Those are all things we're trying to be. It's Jay Moore with us here on a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio as it's part of the Black Shirt Hour. The Black Shirt Hour continues as we'll have one more segment uh, sitting down with Jay. Jay joins us for this extended chat every single Monday, and it's uh, great to get caught up with him. we got to get Jay's thoughts on Washington and Oregon, further Big Ten expansion Cal in Stanford. All of that's coming your way as Hale Varsity Radio rolls forward. Presented by Currency. Again, one more segment coming your way with Jay. It's three minutes away here on Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore with us here. Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with Jay as we talk fall camp and the weekend that was. And Jay, the big story from the weekend, we have to get your thoughts on it, is Big Ten expansion, Oregon and Washington into the conference as uh, the Big Ten becomes the Big 18, if you will. Oregon and Washington, what do you think they bring to the conference in terms of a, a football sense? And what side of the coin are you on in terms of excited for the future but nervous about what this could mean for Nebraska as the conference just gets better and better from a football sense? Yeah, it was just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. I know. We've, I think we discussed maybe a, a week or two ago, and I said the Pac-12's toast. <laughs> they are, they are, there, is, there is no more pac 12 you know, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to move this quickly, but sometimes you gotta you gotta make moves. And we knew the the Pac-12 was always going to struggle to get a TV deal because of just the time frames of their games. I mean, you're playing a seven o'clock game. No one's up at ten o'clock on the East Coast unless it's. I don't even know if it better be, even if it's a USC UCLA type of game. You know, where it might be a, a top ten matchup. I mean, it's just the, the times for the games are, are, are tough to to make it work for national TV coverage, but. It's just becoming the conference, you know, it's not no longer a Midwestern conference. It's a national conference. The Big 12 is a national conference. The ACC is still the ACC, right? But we'll see how that's going to look. SEC is becoming a national conference. And not surprised. It's just it's just the evolution of the game, the money with the big contracts. And athletics fund most universities, you know, and that's that's just how it is. And you gotta you got to have the TV money. You got to have the attendance. You got to uh, you got to be among the best of the best. And if if you if you can't get there, then you got to figure something out. And that's what that's what USC and UCLA saw. You know, they saw the writing on the on the chalkboard early on, and then you saw you saw you know Colorado make that move, and then Oregon and Washington. Not surprised. You'd heard rumblings about them potentially coming over. Makes total sense. I I love getting the best of the best. I. I'm not too concerned. I don't want Nebraska. Go, oh man, we got too many good teams in there. You know, man, you know, hell with that. Let's let's get be- let's become better than them. We can beat those guys. We can hang with those guys. There's no reason why we can't hang with a, with everybody in this conference. I, I I truly believe that. So I hope we get I hope we get more. I would be surprised if it's up to 24 teams here in the next two years. You know, you could you could get you could get a a Notre Dame. You know, we've heard Clemson, Florida State. You know, I, I don't. ACC is an interesting uh, the t- uh, territory as well. You know, are they going to go pluck those other Pac-12 teams? Or are they going to fall apart as well? It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this all you know evolutionizes over the next you know two three years. But it's moving quickly, and uh, I think it's fun. I know the the there's some people that wish it was still the you know the Big Eight, and 
the SWAC and all that, you know, all those different conferences that were back in the early 90s. But it's, it's the money is, is crazy now. And the student athletes are getting it. The universities are getting, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, million dollars a year for these TV contracts. And uh, everyone, everybody wants a, you know, a piece of the, of the puzzle. And, you know, some of those other Pac-12 schools just didn't move quick enough. We'll see what happens. But the, the ones that were able to look ahead and see, you know, what the, what the writing on the wall was made their moves. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they're happy about it. Jay, if uh, Nebraska is playing at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night in Eugene, Oregon, are you down to hop on the postgame show? It'll start at 1 a.m.-ish, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun. I'm sure everyone will be very sober for that. Yep, I think I, I think it was, what, what maybe five, well, about seven years ago, Nebraska played at Fresno State, mm-hmm. and that was like a 7 o'clock kick there maybe, so it was like a 9 o'clock kick here. That's the only time I've ever fallen asleep during a Husker game. I could not keep my eyes awake. And it was like 1230 and the fourth quarter was going on. And I just, I fell asleep and I woke back up and it was post-game coverage. So, yeah, I'll make it work, though. Now, Jay, when we talk about expanding the conference, and this is always something that I kind of go back and forth with, is the money part obviously is, you know, a, a driving factor in this with football. But you also have now Seattle in your TV market. You have Los Angeles, obviously. And you pair that with New York and Chicago. So you have the big TV markets. Now you also add a huge brand in USC, UCLA, and Oregon now, too. I mean, to you, what is more important when it comes to this expansion? Is it the brands or is it the markets that the Big Ten is gaining? Well, I think it's the brands. You get you get New York. I mean, how good a brand is Rutgers? You do get New York. But Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, those are great brands. Nothing against Rutgers, but I just – I don't. I mean, to be honest, how many people actually pay attention to Rutgers, you know, football or basketball in the New York area? I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to see. I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's data on the numbers you could catch, but I do think it's more brand based. Um, you obviously you want to get those markets. I, I I can't disagree on that. But you want the blue bloods, you just do. And uh, Rutgers. I mean, no offense to Rutgers, they're not blue blood really in, in anything. Now, like Maryland, they're a blue blood basketball school. They're becoming. In uh, in football and, and you know they're they're tough to beat in baseball, and but you but Oregon, you know men's basketball uh, and men's football that's it you know Washington a great uh, a great football school uh, they've had uh, you know basketball great history in their you know in basketball and those we're talking about the, the the sports that make money for the for the university I'm sure there's other uh, great sports at other institutions but they just don't make the money that you, that you need to do to make these uh, universities work. And, and that's why you got to go get some conference money, right, from TV deals because not all these sports make money. Uh, but, yeah, getting USC, that's a big brand. That's, you know, USC's a Coca-Cola and an Apple and Nike. You know, that's, you know, same with UCLA. And I, I see the same with a Notre Dame and, and then a Clemson, a, a Florida State. Those are all major brands. Those are, those are Fortune 500-type companies that you want to be a part of and have – in your, you know, quote, you know, your portfolio of teams uh, to build your conference with, and it's, I think it's, I think it's fun to see. I'm, I'm glad I've, uh, we're, we're seeing it now, and I just, it's kind of fun just getting these mega conferences. I, I, I truly do enjoy it. Jay, before we get you out of here, do you have a eulogy for the Pac-12 conference, the Conference of Champions? Will, will you miss what the Pac-12 brought to college football? Because there's been a lot of that over the past couple of days. People, on one hand, you can be excited for the future, but you can also be 
sad about what was and in the Pac-12 is going to be a what was type conference. I personally, at least my generation being 20 years old, we haven't seen the, the Pac-12, at least in football, be the conference of yeah. champions. Does, does it have or leave any lasting impression with you, the Pac-12? Not a lot. Uh, I do. I've always enjoyed watching the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was something the Big Ten Pac-12 or Big Ten Pac-10. You know, back in the day, that was always something I truly did look for. You know, to watch, uh, but it just, it just grew stale. Mm-hmm. It just has. I mean, there's, you know, USC carried the carried some weight. You know, with Pete Carroll teams, and then Oregon carried it with the Chip Kelly teams, and and Washington's carried it here here a little bit. But other than that, it's just been a lot of Utah's. You know, Utah's been solid with Whittingham, but I mean, that's what four teams. The eight others have not carried their weight. I just they just have it, and uh, and that's how that's how you, you lose as a conference when you're just very very mediocre at everything. Uh, you know, Arizona's had their the basketball you know history, but you know Arizona State, not much going going there. Uh, you know, Colorado struggling. You know, you just go down to all those teams that are getting left out. Cal. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, has Cal done much since Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch left, you know, basketball-wise? No. Mm-hmm. So, listen, the, the the best of the best in that conference went out and moved because, you know, the it's like a group project, right? Those those four schools are holding up their end of the bargain. The other eight were just kind of like sitting there letting those other guys do their work, and they got tired of it. And they said, we're out. We're tired of doing all the work. We're going to go make our money. You guys aren't holding your end of your bargain. You're keeping us from getting more money. We're going to go and, and – be part of something bigger and better. Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find him, follow him on Twitter at jmore 44 And Jay, we'll get caught up with you next Monday. You enjoy the rest of your week, and maybe we'll see you up in Omaha for some golf. Well, yeah, I'll try to get up there, and if I do, I'll, I'll be sure to reach out.